God, help me set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me. Help me to carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we are finishing the third step tonight. Um, we covered a lot last week. And I just, before we get to the third step prayer, I want to go through the bottom of um, page 62. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast and you're new, you need to know these pages. I hope that I've helped illuminate them. If I have, keep listening till you know these pages like the back of your hand, because this is what's wrong with me. It's not alcohol. Alcohol is a symptom. And so uh, we read about our troubles are of my own making. And I made decisions based on self, which put me in a position to be hurt and hurt others. Nothing more true, can I say. They arise out of myself, and I'm an extreme example of self-will run riot. We may have people who have self-will, but we're an extreme example of it. And when you start your four-step and you look at a life run on self-will and you look at the manifestations of it, you'll see it. Because you're full of resentment and fear, and then you do harmful actions. What happens when alcoholics are full of resentment and fear and our actions are bad? We drink. So if we learn how to treat our self-centeredness, we're not going to stay sober. Now, most people don't go to the liquor store and say, you know, I've been sober 60 days and I'm selfish and I'm self-centered and uh, I'm the cause of all my problems and I'm full of resentment and fear and shame and guilt and I've harmed others and myself. Can I have a bottle? We don't usually do that, say that, but that's what's really going on in their head. So we want to learn to live a different way. So uh, above everything, I must be rid of this selfishness. Above everything. And if I stay selfish, nothing's going to change. So we need to change our personality, which is very hard to do. We have a personality disorder. And uh, personality disorders are difficult to treat. Now, alcoholism now has a DSM and a, and a disease and all that. But that doesn't really tell us what's wrong with it. We have a spiritual illness and we need a spiritual solution. And we can't change our personality ourselves. I've tried. Did anybody else try that? Can't. And I have to, I have, to have God's help. That's what it says. I, it must or it's going to kill me. Now, you may not die right away, but you're going to live a spiritual death. And it's no fun living full of fear and angry all the time and harming myself and others. And being, you know, just a self-centered, you know what. But God makes that possible. That's what we're talking about. Now we're in the God book. Remember page 44, we say, um, lack of power, that's our dilemma. We must have a power to live, obviously. But how and where can we find the power? It says, well, that's what this book is about how we find that power. And now we're going to talk about God. So starting on page 44, it's the God book. This is not a not drinking book. This is a book about living in fellowship with God. And if you're in fellowship with God, you won't drink because God will tell you it's a bad idea. And it says, 
Uh, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. I had to have God's help. I need all of his power because I have no power. Yeah. And that's really what the first step is all about. So this is the how and why of it. Now, if you've truly taken your first step and you're willing to believe that there's a power that can help you, then the how and why of it will make sense. First of all, I had to quit playing God. Now, I didn't know that that was my problem when I came to AA. I had a list of names. They were my problem. Anybody else have a list? And, and a few, few may have required uh, capital punishment. But uh, that wasn't funny, I guess. Nobody laughed. Uh, but we had execution list, didn't we, Russ? Yeah, yeah. And uh, these people, but I, no. It was me, I played God. And when I play God, then I'm in self. And when I'm in self, I'm full of fear. And when I'm in fear, I feel threatened all the time and I get angry and resentful. And then I make decisions based on self, which puts me in a position to be hurt. You see how it all ties together? Now, I, I know that like the back of my hand because I've been doing this for 15 years and these pages, but I have to be reminded of it. And now, why do I need to quit playing God? Now, this, this for a little, quite a while, I didn't see it didn't work. It doesn't work, does it? But why doesn't it work? Because I'm not God. It sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? So when you're having a bad day and you're playing God and it's not working, you need to stop and say, it's not going to work because I'm playing God and I'm not God. Remember God. So then, then follows the next line. Next, I'm going to make a decision. That's all I'm doing in step three. That hereafter in this drama of life, the drama of life we're talking about is in our head. Our, the drama. We have drama. We, we, make, we make things dramatic. We get upset. We have, a, we have a, a play going on in our head all the time. So in the drama now, so that I don't have drama, God's going to be my director. And if God's my director, you'd be surprised how much less drama you have in your life. And remember, it says we're in conflict with everybody and everything. And on page 84, when we're in relationship with God in step 10 in the world of the spirit, where he's the center and I'm not, then it says we've stopped fighting everybody and everything. Isn't that great? We can live at peace with the world. But this is just the beginning. I'm deciding that I don't want drama. God's going to be my director. That's it. He's the principal. We are his agents. The principal, like the insurance company, they have the policies. I just sell them. He is the father and I'm his child. So dad won't let me down. And God is someone you can trust completely, 100%. Most good idea is simple, and this concept, this idea that God's going to be my director and I'm going to quit playing God is the keystone of the new and triumphant arch to which we pass the freedom. Now, if you don't build an arch, you're not going to pass the freedom. And you have to understand what makes up the arch. When you come in the AA, you're standing before this arch, and you either stay on one side of the arch or you move through it to a life connected to God and in 10 and 11 you stay on the other side of the arch. Now the arch is the arch of freedom and the foundation of the arch is your willingness from your step one and pain and you can see your life that without if things don't change I can't go on like this. Anybody like that? Anybody have that pain? Anybody remember how bad it was when you came in? 
then the key, the cornerstone of the arch is step two. It says, am I willing to believe or do I believe that there's a power greater than myself that can help me? It says that once we believe or we're willing to believe, then things have already started to change because then I'm not really a, a complete alcoholic anymore because I'm willing to see that there's a different way and there's a different director. And then the keystone of the arch is this idea that God's going to be my director now. He's in charge and I work for him. Then you four through nine fi finish the arch. And then you pass through the arch into the world of the spirit. Now when you're looking at the arch and you come in, you're in the wrong world. You're in the world where you're playing God. So I lived in this world where I was in charge and I was God and I played God. And I had a script for the world and how, I would, how it would make me feel okay if I managed well. Never worked. Always was a little uneasy. No matter how successful I was, no matter what I achieved, always. And it's never enough because the ego is never satisfied when it's based on self. And then you pass, you need to get to the real world where God's in charge. Now on page, we read these promises in meetings. Have you been where they read the, the Ninth Step Promises? They're really the world of the spirit promises. They're the promises that come true when you're connected to God. Now, those promises, you can have them at nine in the morning and they're gone at 10. So the world of the spirit you have to work to stay there, and that's what step 10 and 11 are all about. And then you're with God, and then you won't drink. If you do everything in one through nine, and you practice 10, 11, and 12 every day, you're not gonna drink, it's not gonna happen. I don't know anybody that's ever done that and drank. So if you know somebody who's, who's drank again after coming there, ask them if they did it. You don't have to do it perfectly. But you have to be willing, you have to be seeking, you have to be doing it. Somebody said it simply, if you do everything and how it works and into action, follow all the directions, keep doing it, you'll never drink again. I believe that's true. Because if you're doing that, you're, you're in connection with God. Maybe not be perfect, but you have the tools to get back to God all the time when you start to separate. So who wants to build the arch? Anybody? And then who wants to stay on the other side of it? And then all day long, you're fighting to see which side of the arch you're on. Am I back in the, in the world of Michael or am I gonna be in the world with God? And that's what step 10 is all about. And then step 11 at night, you look at the day, where were you? Which side of the arch were you on? You wanna be mainly in the world of the spirit. And you have tools now, so when you start to slip back, you could just stop and use the tools in step four and move to the other side of the arch. So if you're having a bad day, it's your fault. Every day should be good. And it should be good not based on how the world looks. It should be good because you're with God and you're practicing loving and serving him and his children. And so circumstances don't have to determine a good or bad day anymore. It's your attitude and how you react to things that determines that. That was good, I liked that. When we sincerely took a position when we took this position sincerely, all sorts of remarkable things followed. So just taking this position, and if you take it every day, what follows? I have a new employer, so I work for God. That's who I work for today. I would tell people at the hospital, I work for God. They look at me like, mm. uh, but it's true. 
Like if there were people in administration who were driving everybody crazy, I'd say, well, I don't work for them. I work for God. How can I best serve him and his children? And he's all powerful. Anybody agree with that? So this is our contract with God that I have people I work with write in a book. He's going to give me everything I need. Not what, notice, or not what I think I need, what we need, what he thinks I need. And all I have to do, so he gives me everything I need, if I stay close to him and do his work well. That's not too, too bad. And then remember, God has a bonus. He gets worry. So if I'm worrying, I'm doing God's job. God's job is worry and give me everything I need. My job is to stay close to him and do his work well. So how do I know, how do I do that? Well, that's what steps four through nine and living in 10 and 11 is all about. You're just making a decision now. So you're not gonna be able to know how to keep close to him and do his work well. And, and they think that's important, you know why? Because right after they have the prayer, they say next and at once, you better start doing your fourth step and moving down the spiritual path. So nothing's gonna change. They didn't want you to stay too long in untreated alcoholism. It's not a good idea. And the decision, step three, and we're going to read, if it's not followed at once by action, it's, it's, it doesn't mean it make any sense. It's a fantasy. And so uh, it says, um, established on this footing, I'm going to be less interested in myself. So if I establish myself that God's my employer and I work for him, I'll be a little bit less and less interested in myself, which is good, because I was always interested in myself all the time. And I had little plans and designs, and I don't want to do that. I want to be change my attitude to service from what I need. And I became interested in seeing what I could contribute to life. As I felt new power flow in, I enjoy peace of mind. So the more power I have with God, the more my relationship is with him, the more peace of mind I have. If I don't have peace of mind, I'm not in relationship with God. I'm out of it. I'm playing God again. And we discovered I could face life successfully. Notice, not my, my life would be successful, but I can face life successfully. Successfully means I react in fit spiritual condition. And then I become conscious of his presence and I began to lose my fear of today, tomorrow, the hereafter. Every time I read those sentences, they're kind of a promise, aren't they? And it's true. And I became conscious of his presence. And the first time when I started doing this, I became conscious of God's presence. I'm starting that conscious contact with God. Remember, my problem when I'm in the world of Michael is that I'm consciously separated from God. I've made a decision to play God. The solution, as Chuck C. said in the new pair of glasses, is conscious contact, being in the world where he's God and I'm in contact with him. He's the magnet, I'm the paperclip. I stay close to him, I won't drink, and I'll face life successfully. And I begin to lose fear, why? Because I'm not running the show anymore. God's running the show. So anything I'm worried about, I have to forget that because he has worry. And I lose, begin to lose my fear today, tomorrow, the after we reborn. We have to be reborn. We have to go from self-centered to God-centered. We have to go from serving me to serving him. From playing the role he assigns, not the role I assign to everybody in the world.
And I, I'm sure I assigned God, God's, he had a job too. So now we're at step three. And so you're gonna, you're gonna, they have the prayer here, which you don't have to say, you don't have to like. I've heard people, they're dying of alcoholism, right? They come up to me, I don't like the third step prayer. I don't like the words. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's hard to keep a straight face. I don't like the words. Great. But they don't understand. They're powerless, they're dying. Um, and so uh, Dr. Bob had a prayer in, his, uh, in the upper room there in his house that he used to take people up to and they would do the third step. It used to be his daughter's room when Dr. Bob uh, sobered. He was about 50 and she, had, she was gone from the house. And they had his prayer there on the bed. And I remember I got down on my knees with my daughter. We, it's in Akron and she was living in Cleveland. And this was a week before my son died. I didn't know he was gonna die. He was a mess, but I didn't know he was gonna die of, of alcoholism and drug addiction the next Saturday night. So we're there and I'm reading the prayer and I, I actually cried. It's very emotional. Now it's not the same prayer as this. Dr. Bob has a prayer, you can look it up and Google it. But the, the idea is the same. We're giving ourselves to God. And I have a God box, and that I look at it all the time, and if I start playing God, I have to put whatever I'm worrying about in there. And so as we understand him, and the prayer is, God, I offer myself to thee. I'm giving myself to him. Now, AA's, this book is written very interestingly, and Apostle Paul does some of this too. He'll say something, then he'll ask you a question. And so it's at the end of the prayer, there's a quotation, and it says, we thought well before taking the step, making sure we were ready. Now, you have to think well that I could at last abandon myself utterly to him. Now, that's hard to do, but it's the idea that I'm broken, I'm powerless, I'm a mess. I need to give everything to God. Now, I'm not going to do it perfectly, but I have to be willing to do it. Remember, willing to go to any length. Desperation of a drowning man. It says we stood at the turning point. I, th I heard somebody read that beautifully tonight, right? IS is protection and care with complete abandon. So you're at the turning point. Are you gonna do it or not? And, and you have to be willing to do it every morning. When we get up, it says think of your plans for the day. Stop, Michael. I don't wanna know what your plans are. God, direct my thinking, divorcing it from selfish, dishonest, self-seeking motives. Say it right away when I get up. Starts me with the idea I work for him, he's in charge, how do I serve you? I can say the third step prayer, I don't do that anymore. I say other prayers, but it's the idea. And so the prayer says, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Now, Charlie from the John Charlie makes the joke, well, I don't know if I wanted to do that. He might send me to Africa as a missionary and this and that. But all I'm asking him to do is to be in charge and you run my life, God. Relieve me of the bondage of self, the state of being a slave. So I really wasn't, I was never in charge of my life, was I? No, my self-centeredness was in charge of my life. I was driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-pity, self-seeking, right? That's what we read. 
I was never really in charge. My character defects were in charge because when I play God, my character defects are all, they're there all the time. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. So I can't do the, his will if I'm in bondage to self. Take away my difficulties, that victory of them may bear witness, testimony to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, capital T, capital P, capital L, way of life. So I want to bear witness. Now, what are my difficulties? I have so many. I have all these character defects, right? I have situations, whatever the situation is that I don't like, circumstances, whatever it is that's separating me from you, take it away. Why? So that I can bear witness that God's help, power, love, and way of life works. Man, and I can't be doing his will always if I'm in my difficulties. Take away my difficulties. Take away this, I'm seeing something. I'm disturbed, I'm seeing it wrong. Change the way I see it. The more I see my difficulties, the easier it is to ask God to remove them. And when I came in, I didn't see any of them. And then the longer I live, I see more difficulties. <laughs> so the more you're sober, the more you see these difficulties. And then if you're married, they see them in you and remind you of them all the time. And sometimes you repeat. I'm a repeat offender. And, uh, but anyway, uh, Russ thought that was funny. And so uh, take them away. It's a simple prayer, but the idea, relieve me of the bondage of self. I don't want to be a slave to myself, my thinker, my way. I can't be of useful to anybody. Now, it says we found it very desirable to take the spiritual step with an understanding person, such as a wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. That's good. But it's better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. And then this is a step you take all the time. This is a step you have to do all the time. You're constantly making a decision because remember, uh, we read in We Agnostics that when we became an alcoholic crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we had to fearlessly face the question whether God is everything or nothing. God is everything or nothing. What is my choice to be? That's what they're talking about. What am I choosing in the moment? Is God nothing or is he everything? If he's nothing and I'm, I'm everything, then I'm gonna have difficulties. So then I have to say, God, take away the difficulties, which is me being in my world and get into your world. Yes, God, to change the way I see things. The wording is, of course, quite optional. As long as we express the idea, and what idea are we expressing? That I need God, I need him to run my life, I'm the problem, get me out of myself, keep me from bondage of self. Voicing it without reservation. Can't hold anything back. Now, you may not do that. How will you know that? You'll be disturbed. You're managing some area of your life or some person or something and you'll be disturbed. Well, I didn't give it to God. And then I have to say the prayer again. You could say the prayer all day long, it won't hurt you. The idea is that whenever you're bothered, you have to, you have to say this prayer. 
And you have to ask God to change the way you're seeing things. It says, uh, this is only a beginning. The third step is only a beginning. Though if honestly and humbly made, and remember humility is essential because the purpose of the first step is to make me humble. The first step is to so show that I'm poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm poor in spirit, I'm broken. I, I have no hope without you, God. It's true for me today. Now, humbly made an effect sometimes a very great one was felt at once. Now I felt a really great effect when I gave up the day I just, I just gave up. I felt better. I didn't know it, but I was beginning to feel better because I decided I wasn't going to run the world anymore and I dropped the rock and I was completely defeated and I had no way out. But when I say the third step prayer, when I stop, I do feel a good effect during the day. I feel better. And most of my days I'm at peace. And now I get to the point where I just make fun of myself all the time. Because there you go again, Michael. You know, just drop it. They are who they are. She will stop talking. That's a good one. Um, a confect, she never listens to podcasts, I'm not worried. An effect sometimes a very great what was felt at once. Complete change in the direction of my life. I'm just going to cover a little bit more because I want everybody to share tonight. So it says you do this and you do this. How long can it take to decide that you need to quit playing God? How long do you really need to work on a third step? 20 minutes? If you've really taken step one and you see you're powerless, and if you see you need a power and it's God, how long does it take you to decide that you want God to be in charge of your life? Now, how do you know if you're doing, if you've done a good third step? You're doing step four. You do You have a sponsor, you're reading the book, you're doing what he tells you, you're following, you're studying, you're doing the action. If you're not doing the actions and you've been sober five years, you're still living in step three without any effect. See how it works? It has to be done continuously. So next, next is right after you say the prayer. So how long is after you say the prayer and next? How much time is involved? None. So next we launched. We launched out on a course of vigorous action. I had somebody tell me they're sober 20 months. They want to do a four-step. I don't know what that means. You know, I, I don't know what that means. They've lived quite a while sober. And I need to talk to them and find out what they mean by a four step. What does that really mean? So they don't have any spiritual tools. They've been living for quite a while and the, do they understand what's involved? Not a big discussion, but you know, and, and I know a lot of people who've never even read this. And they may be fine, I don't know. I have a spiritual disease that requires a spiritual solution. I don't have a spiritual solution except following the directions in the book for me. So next, you launched. When they launch a boat, they don't just kind of gently put in the water. You see, we don't want to go too fast. I've heard that a lot. Can't rush the steps, you know. You're dying of alcoholism. You have no power not to drink, but let's not rush it. I used to hear that a lot. So they launched on a course of vigorous action. You get the picture here? Why? Because our self selfishness is killing me. 
I have to be released to the bondage of self or I'm going to drink. And I may not drink, but I'm going to be miserable. The first step of this vigorous action is a personal house cleaning. So you're not going to be a maid. You're not going to get, but you are going to be cleaning. And you're going to be cleaning what? Your personality, your mind of all the things which is Blavakya. So many of us have never attempted this. Do our decision was a vital and crucial step. So the decision step three is necessary for life. That's what vital means, vitae. It can have little permanent effect. It won't have any permanent effect unless at once. So next and at once, what's the time frame here? Get the picture? Followed by a strenuous effort to do what? To face, to look at, to see, and to be rid of the things in me which have been blocking me from God. Because I block God out. Remember the fundamental idea, guys, deep down inside of all of us, that's what it says, but we blocked it out by pomp, circumstance, calamity, worship of other things. Our liquor was but a symptom of what? Blocking God, living a life run on self-will. So we had to get down the causes and conditions. So the house cleaning, think of it as we're, we're going to try to move. We're, we thought we might move. Now we have three garage stalls. Now for years, one of the garage stalls has been full of crap. And it just gets more crap. And I would just stare at it. Three, maybe 10 years, 12 years. And boy, it's a mess. I mean, it was full. Now. Think of your mind as that garage stall. How can God work in that mind? It's full of crap. So when you come in here, your mind's full of resentment and fear and shame and guilt, harms to others. That's what you have to clear out if you want God to get in. And every day you have to clear out your resentments and fears and, and, your, and make amends. And so we got a dumpster, and I think in four hours, <laughs> I got a few people in four hours, we got it all in the dumpster. 12 years looking at it, you get it? And it's like practicing alcoholism for 20 years and not working, then you come in here and you do your four step, it doesn't take that long, and you can see it. And you wanna be able to get rid of it, you learn prayers so that God can work in your life. And I was gonna stop there. Joe and Charlie make the point that after you do step three, your mind is like a, a quick stop. And the, you go in the store and you see all the stuff in the, in the, sh in the shelves in the, in the area. That's all your resentments. Then you have all the stuff in the cases, the cold cases. That's all your fears. And then there's always a little room behind the cash register, which is your shame and guilt. Now, if that's your mind, God can't work in there. There's no room for God to work. And so that's, that's what you're trying to do once you've made a decision that you work for God. If you want to stay close to him and do his work well, you've got to clean out the store. You've got to clean out the garage store. And then we have to do it the rest of our lives. So I hope that was helpful. We'll stop there and pick up on uh, Saturday with introduction to the fourth step.